Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com proceed with caution all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Rock and roll, hoochie coo. It's a fucking jam, isn't it? Yeah. Old school jam. So so what's up, my brother? It oh, is Thanksgiving. I didn't know you were recording the uh my solo performance dude i don't even know if you know but i have been referred to as the songbird of my generation what in a the cross, shower a cross between fergie <laughs> and jesus that was a stepbrothers callback right there in case you didn't get it but i'm oh. a big fan of stepbrothers quotes and i could probably do almost an entire podcast of stepbrother quotes so I, i've never seen that whole movie shut the fuck up I, i've seen all the like uh out you know not the outtakes the uh the funny parts, clips, yeah. So, yeah, but it, the thing is, is with that movie, like some of the parts were taken on their own would not be funny. Yeah. Like, like he comes in and he's like, why y'all sweaty? So I was watching cops like that wouldn't be funny until you like until you realize in the movie, like the reason he's all sweaty is because he just got done rubbing his nutsack all over fucking his drum set. And that's why he's all sweaty. But he uses like the excuse that he was watching cops. <laughs> Right, so like you have to watch the uh, whole movie. You got it. You just you can't you can't skimp on that one. All right, all right. It's a great one. It's kind of like the the modern Billy Madison. I mean, it it is like the, all of those the, those group of Will Ferrell movies in that kind of seven to ten year span. Yeah, between that wedding well, Wedding Crashers wasn't really all Will Ferrell, but he's great in Wedding Crashers. Um, Talladega Nights, right? Ricky Bobby. Oh yeah, just all those movies, man. Like, there's <laughs> something to say, something to say for for how stupid and funny they are at the same time. Uh, Zoolander. Oh that, my like, god, Zoolander! Freaked out dude with the two buns on his head. The Zoolander thing is 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 weird, man. I love I love that movie. I love how stupid that movie is. Like, was, they died in a freak gasoline fight accident. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. So we're here. Uh, on, we're here on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day. 
this is a sort of a, a hodgepodge podcast where we wanted to kind of wrap up some stuff from previous podcasts, talk a little bit about gratefulness, talk about Thanksgiving, talk about a a lot of a lot of little things, I think, which we've kind of skipped over or missed or like, hey, somebody, you know, somebody fucking reached out and was was talking about some of the other podcasts. And really, I think that you had a few things you wanted to wrap up from the the love sex podcast, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I got some feedback on the love sex podcast and uh, I knew we, we kind of got in a little, uh, conundrum at the end of it where I just could not think about, I think you were talking about, uh, you know, we do things and, and give things cause there's, it makes you feel good. Right. And I'm like, but gosh, there's, there's just a, a segment missing there. And why am I missing it? Because I, I know that feeling where you go to the next level and you're not expecting that, that feel good back. And, and I got reminded, um, and I'm like, dude, it's right. I got a plaque right behind me. So, you know, you vets that are out there that, uh, you know, thank you guys for tossing that back in my face. Uh, so the, the plaque I have behind me is a picture of a soldier with the angel's wings. And it's based on a Bible verse, John 15, 13, that says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And, and I, I got my ass kicked on one cause they're like, dude, you, you had that tenant when you were giving your talk about, you know, being squared away, you know, part of being squared away. And, and for you guys that have written that blank check, you know, the, so to speak, that line comes from, you know, when, when you sign up for the military, it's not everybody that does this, but it's the guys that, you know what? You're going over, and I know the generation of like the World War II guys when you're going over is guess what? You're going to expect that you may, you're probably not going to come back. And a lot of deployments, a lot of guys know you write a letter, and that letter is going to get sent out if something happens to you. So when you write that blank checkout, you're giving everything, you're laying everything down, expecting nothing back, but you're doing it in honor of your country. And you're in your fellow, you know, fellow man between your left and your right. And, and when you train, you're training for that guy to the left and right. So there's that love greatly tenant that not just, you know, I know Jocko said it, um, Jason Redmond's wrote a book about it, um, is learning to love greatly is that love that, that gives without expecting anything. You're not going to get a feel good. You're dead. You know, it's, ta- it's, Something that everybody should ask themselves is if you were in a, a public situation, if you were in a gas station and there was a 90-year-old lady, you know, probably has only so many years to live. She's on a cane, barely standing up straight, and place gets robbed. And you're going to see that, oh, man, this lady's going to get shot. Would you run and take the bullet for her? So it's it's that kind of love that surpasses, you know, anything that, that we think about as love here, here in Western culture. Right. So, so yeah, that's uh that's why I wanted to clear up and, and that's probably something that I don't know, I, I can't explain it, but it's just writing a blank check and just, you know, you're not expecting anything back because you can't, you're gone. So is that, uh, is that understandable? Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I think that was so many levels away from the point that I was trying to get across. Um, But I do. I definitely I understand. I understand what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. Um, There is a sense of there is a sense of pride that comes from anyone that is that is wholly in that place. That is has written that blank check. There is so much that comes with that in the positive and the negative. I feel like it is, especially you talk about like D-Day type, like those guys knew that there was a good chance they were going to die. Yeah. Like that's a big, that's a difference between those guys and what, and, and what modern military and modern war is like they were running onto a beach getting fired on 
half of them weren't going to make it, you know? So I think that that, that right there, just, you know, you bringing that up and and stating that point, like I, I get what you're, I get what you're trying to say. My point was more along the lines of there's always some beneficial chemicals that are excreted in your brain when you give, that was really what I was, what I was getting at. Like, you can't stop serotonin and dopamine from from flooding receptors in your brain just because you want to give without receiving. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was that was my point. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this case, I was just talking about the you know this is this is what honor is, right? It's that that greater love. You're doing something for somebody that's deceased. You're not going to get anything back from honoring somebody that's gone, but you know. Um, like one of the, the feel good stories that I had today was this 83 year old, year old lady that has done like three tough mutters. I don't know if you've ever seen her. No, I haven't. They've nicknamed her, uh, the, the muddier Mildred Wilson. Her name is Mildred Wilson. I love it. Second one. She, first one, I think she just did just to do. And then the second one she did in honor of her husband who had deceased. And then the third one she just recently did was for, uh, um, raising money to drill, a. It's raising $5,000 on a GoFundMe to drill a clean well for a village in Africa so they can get water so that they didn't have to walk, you know, 10 miles a day to get water and bring it back. So it's just, uh, yeah, some, something like that. It's just, I mean, when you're honoring people, it's just that, that next level, that love greatly that is, uh, yeah, hard to explain. Yeah, and I think that there's, there's something to say for somebody that is in that point, right? Like there is, there's a certain time in your life. And I don't think, I don't think very many people have it at 17, 18, 20, 25, 30, maybe even 35 to 40. But I think that as you, as you start to age between, you know, between 35 and 55 slash 60, there's a certain portion of people. And I think it's a pretty high percentage of people that realize that doing things for yourself is not going to give you the life that you want to have. And I don't mean that by it's not going to pay you right, or it's not going to get you the house or the car, but what it is is it's not going to get the final result, which you think the house and the car and the watch and the whatever is going to give you the fulfillment, the fulfillment. And you get to a point, you get to a point where things like, fulfillment things like community things like family things like love things like friends they bring you so much more in all of those beneficial emotional chemicals than any materialistic or success right like so many people so many ceo types so many investors so many people like that they like the money money's not even a fucking thing for them anymore it's literally just a scoreboard it's a right. scoreboard, so they feel like they've successed again. They, they can never spend everything that they've made, you yeah. know? So I think that as people, I would love it if, if, if people learned that earlier and earlier. The scary thing is, is if we do learn that, especially as Americans, earlier and earlier, we end up exacerbating this problem that we have right now in this country where we're still extremely capitalistic and we have this machine that needs all of these, all of these pieces and every single company is shorthanded and trying to make a bigger number than they made last year with less pieces. Because I think we are slowly learning that the, the the money in the bank isn't going to call, give you the fulfillment that you want. Yeah. So inevitably the, the total GDP, the, the the our size of pie if you compare it to the rest of the world's total you know income is going to be smaller and that's really like when you think about how the stock market works how the economy works how our government works how how social security works all these things are based on an estimated estimated growth traje- growth trajectory wow words are fucking hard today um it's thanksgiving dude right and if we are not able to sustain that growth, then our stock market, which a lot of our retirement is tied to that stock market, right? Like if you are not, 
if you're not on a, a, a government retirement or literally just going to live on social security, it's pretty likely that your retirement is tied to those numbers on that stock market. Yeah. Well, if you guys don't understand how those stock market numbers work, it is really all built off of supply and demand as far as shares go. If you want to, if there's more people trying to buy shares than there are shares available, the price goes up. It is not necessarily tied to the income of the company or the growth of the company or the total value of the company. It's somewhat loosely tied to these things, but those numbers really are built off of faith in a company and faith in an economy. And if we can't sustain the type of growth that we have estimated, that faith in our economy is going to go down. And I'm not saying it's a good thing and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's a scary thing to think that all of our retirement is tied to just the faith in this economy. Because if we are all learning that the hours worked to get a bunch of shit we don't need is not going to give us that fulfillment and we start working less and making less. Not only are we making less for the company that we, that we work for, right? Because yep. we are, we are going to be less productive. We are also going to have less to spend. So this is a multifold problem where, or I don't even want to use the word problem because problem means it's negative. And I think in the long run for the human race, it will be positive, but for the short term, it's going to be pulling a fucking bandaid off. And by short term, I mean probably us and our kids, right? If we are making less value for our company and spending less money in the overall economy, everything is going to go down. And that means that my retirement, your retirement, and probably majority of the people listening to this retirement yep. is going to be less than what we would like it to be. Right now, it's already less. What are you <laughs> talking about, dude? It's been, it's been a rough, it's been a rough a rough one. Uh, year and a half here. I, I did, um, when, when, when the market hit back to a pretty solid point from COVID, I pulled about 60% of my 60 to 70% of mine and put it in bonds. Um, so I'm not as pain as, as hurt as people that are hundred percent funded. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still pretty shitty. Yeah. Not a lot of growth there, but. <clears throat> well safer yeah so all i can do right now is yeah that's mitigate. and that that was my only that was my only goal was to try to to try to figure out where we're going to be here in the next three to five yeah but hey it's thanksgiving man it so is enough, thanksgiving enough, doom and enough with the doom and gloom you're right you're right you're right <laughs> i'm and 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 all that doom and gloom like that's not necessarily doom and gloom i really do i love people and i love humanity and i love people that are chasing their dreams and, and being fulfilled and doing things that they love doing. Like if it, it, you will not see me with wetter eyes than if I'm fucking reading a book or watching a documentary about somebody who was living true to their true self and, and, and chasing what they have as a fucking, as a dream. Like I'm like a baby when I fucking hear that shit. Yeah. And so I love it. I'm just warning of the possible outcomes that are going to come from it. Yeah. Not so not doom and gloom, just not doom and gloom, just warning. Okay. So, I mean, on Thanksgiving day, I'd like to say that it's, you know, gratitude goes in line with today, but you know, being squared away starts by doing the little things. And sometimes it's inspiring just to see stories of other people, you know, around the world doing things that are so squared away. And, uh, you know, I'll start off with the, you know, the first story that I saw recent is recent as of yesterday. And it's just, it's what we talk about with the culture, something I'd love to see here. Um, but I don't know if you heard about the, uh, the Japanese fans. So Japan beat Germany in the world cup. Okay. Okay. So, I forgot world cup was going right now. Yep, so in, in Qatar, I don't know who fucked up the, calls it Cater now, but I think people are starting to get it. It's called Qatar. Wait, somebody's calling it Cater? Oh, they've been calling it. Really? <laughs> the libs have been calling it Cater for years. Come on. I'm not even joking. When I first heard it, I was it like. It sounds like you sound like a hillbilly. Hey, you want to go over to Cater? We can go watch some, we can go watch yeah. some of that football and Cater. <laughs> that's, 
Yeah, when I heard that, I was like, what the hell? But no, okay, it's, sorry. It's, it's coming back around. So in Squirrel. Ca- so Qatar's ho- hosting the World Cup, and there's been a lot of good stories coming out of it. Um, yesterday wasn't the fact that the, the Japanese beat Germany, which was a surprise, but it kind of uh, put it into the limelight, the Japanese culture of what they do is they clean up stadiums after all the football fans leave. So okay. Spectators. That's great. They all bring a, you know, a, a garbage bag. That's and they great. Just, they pick up after them. And um, to them, it wasn't about getting publicity. It's just what they do. It's, it's part of their, their culture. And, uh, Oh man, trying to look. So there's an article in Al Jazeera that I think put it uh put it best is one of the fans that they interviewed said, you know, what you think is a special is actually nothing unusual for us. They just shrugged. It's just uh the the Japanese fans don't under don't understand why people think that the gesture is odd. And here's how they go to explain it. It says when we use a toilet. We clean it ourselves after they're done. When we leave a room, we make sure it's tidy. That's just our custom, he explained. You know, we can't leave a place without making it clean. It's part of our education. It's part of our everyday learning. So that says a lot right there. That's respect. Yeah. That's respect for everything around you. Not just not just respect for people, but that's respect for the places you're at, the places you're using, the... The, the 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 situation that you've been in right like that's that's respect for the stadium it's respect for the for the teams that played it's just i mean that's that is respect yeah living a life of respect for everything that's around you and um you know it's so different when you go into a store now here that the culture's not there it's it's the well that's not my job or it's it's that's not my garbage or that's you know that's not me and that's you know, kind of what you see when I talk about being in California, where I see garbage flying across the freeway. It looks like snowing garbage. But those people that live there are all the most like healthy, holistic, nicest. They want everyone to. <laughs> it's want... it's the tolerant people who are so intolerant. Is that what you're saying? It's the weirdest fucking thing. I have this. I have this theory, and I and I and I need to. I need to sit down and really like. I need to do a Joe Rogan just stoned out of my mind in a fucking in a in a tank. And, and really think through this theory, but there's something that's fucked up with, with those type of people where it's almost like they feel like they're completely validated by, by saying things like you should respect the, the land and you should respect people and they vote for that type of shit. So it's almost like they feel completely validated by doing that, that they don't feel like they have to actually fucking do anything themselves. Yeah. Right. Like I vote for the EPA, so I don't need to actually worry about the garbage that's blowing around my fucking front yard. It's, it, there's something there. There's something with the with the human emotion like they're getting the validation in their mind from from being on that side of the aisle or being a, you know, being a, a green, a new green, a new greener. Right. They're getting some yeah. sort of emotional and mental validation by 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 doing that almost by like by saying I love the earth that they completely are ignorant to the fact that you can go outside and pick up garbage and it's okay. Like yeah. there's something fucked up there, man. That's uh the difference between being virtuous and being a virtue signaler. Yeah. You know, these people that, you know, signal virtue and it's not just people sitting in California, the people that we're talking about that those are, that's the extreme case. But you know, I was thinking this morning, it's like, well, there's a lot of that going on just in social media. You know, it's, uh, you got the one extreme here where you got the Japanese culture. They just do this every day. You know, it's not like they're posting it all over their, you know, social media. It's like, hey, look, I was part of the Adopt a Highway program today and we picked up nine bags of trash and here, let me post this for you so that I can get, you know, 200 likes from it. You know, but that's what we see here is like, Gosh, the minute somebody uh, shines somebody else's toilet, they got to take a picture of it and then post it online. I haven't seen that, by the way, but I mean, it's pretty damn close. It's just, it's, it, it's in all aspects though, right? Like we, we don't, we don't share everything that we do every day. We don't share our grueling workouts every day. We don't share our work schedule along with our family schedule, along with, you know, 
what we put into this podcast along with everything we're doing in our life. We don't share every minute of that. Um, but the people that fake it and share that they're all fucking, you know, like my daughter was at the, she goes, there's these people that came into the gym last night and they look like they're all steroided out and they came in and they just took a bunch of pictures on the equipment and then they left. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's, it's that it's like, those are the people yeah. that are getting the attention. It's so fucking weird. And I just, you know, and, and attention is not, attention is not fulfilling. Right. But, but the problem is you have to keep filling it. It's not fulfilling, but you got to keep loading that tank up. No, no, no. But, but what I'm trying to say is like, there's something fucking ass backwards there because for us, for this podcast to help as many people as we want it to help, it has to grow. But we have to grow holistically. We can't grow by faking it. We can't grow by sharing every second of our day. We have to grow by people actually being helped. And, and, and the daily, or I guess weekly, because we don't record every day, the weekly input that, that we have into their lives, the weekly hour that they give us, improves them just enough that they, that they tell somebody else about it. Yeah, but you have to have good content. Yes. And content that, yeah, guess what? It's stuff that, yeah, we've experienced. It's not a tripod in the gym, you know, somebody loading up all these plates, take a picture <laughs> standing next to it and walk out. I mean, how many one rep uh, uh, reels have you seen on, online? Oh, my God. I just, I can't even, like, we don't even need to get into this, but there's this fucking scrawny ass dude, probably like 130 pounds. And, and he knew what he was doing. He was being funny. He had a, he had a, he had a bench loaded up with five plates, four plates, four plates. And he, and, and there was a big dude behind him and the dude's doing like, like bicep curls. And he goes and he's oh, a scrawny ass dude. Those and are he fake goes, plates, he's right? hundred percent fake oh, okay. plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Fake plates. And the dude goes to set down his dumbbells because he <laughs> thinks that this kid's just going to fucking kill himself with this 405 pounds. And the kid starts repping it. Yeah. And you can see that what you can see in the guy's face when he realized he was being punked because he was like concerned and then he was impressed. And then he was like this motherfucker like, and he walks <laughs> over there and takes the plate, one of the plates off and chucks yeah. it at him. Yeah. 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 yeah that, was, <laughs> that was funny, though. But 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 it's a real thing. Like people are fucking posting videos of, of using fake plates and like Where one chick got busted. Plates? I have no fucking idea. Well, one chick got busted like. Somebody trolled her. They fucking went in while she was doing these like uh, wall sits with 10 plates on her lap and they went in and they fucking busted her, like oh. pulled off one of the fake plates. Why? Like, this shit is real. Why? Does it just get them hits? Yes. Jeez. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Oh, uh, I guess it's not so crazy. The more shit I see online, it's, it's so wild. I mean, I'm just, I'm on a young gravy kick this week. Do you know who Young Gravy is? No. Yeah, way too young for you. So he's, he went to UW Madison, and he's a he's a rapper, but he's this he he's white kid, tall, scrawny, red beard, red hair. Loves moms like all of his songs are about milfs, and he's like he's he's blowing up like he's on Jimmy Kimmel, he's doing huge shows. Young. Gravy. Young gravy, Y U N G gravy. It, it's it's like a poppy makes. He does he does a lot of sampling of like old songs, but anyways, they're good songs. They're like they 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 get you going. They're see this kid, um, Martin just pulled a picture of him. You guys, you're welcome. If I'm just introducing you to Young Gravy, um, six seven. Holy crap, kid, kid starts dating some TikTokers divorced forty five year old mom. And blows up, takes her to the MTV Awards. Um, but like this type of shit is the type of shit where it's like, oh, well, I see why that blew up. You know, like it's just so fucking odd. Like I see why that blew up. Well, but then you see some of the fake stuff and it's like, what the fuck? Like you can tell a lot of shit online when it's fake, right? How do we get, how do we even get this fucking far off? How do we of get the young gravy? Well, I just had to get, I had to give him, I had to give him props there because oh I've been goodness. fucking, I've been dancing around the gym like a dipshit for four days now. Listen to this, listen to me, some young gravy, Betty get money. Young gravy. All right, man. Anyways, Oof. move back to, move back to, to where we were at. <laughs> let's, let's reel this shit show back in. Oh, well, well what's your positive uh, story? <laughs> My positive story? Pass. 
you pass yeah pass pass i didn't i didn't come up with any positive stories so let me think of one all right hey i just want to give props i mean one, one of the great stories is um and i told you about it i was in the uh airport in pennsylvania what about a week and a half ago maybe yeah about two weeks about two weeks and uh it's just it's amazing uh a guy i met in the airport uh dave baker and his uh, stories i know he didn't want me to say a, a whole tunnel he's just a civilian that his son went to afghanistan came back and he saw what his son went through and and just really wanted to do something out of honor and thanks back to the uh the veterans so he makes uh he makes flags right now just for the veterans as a way of saying thank you and and he's um donated uh, uh to a, a grow a good cause uh veteransolutions.org i believe is marcus and amy capone's uh um i thought i, I think i mentioned it in the last podcast maybe not um but they run veteransolutions.org is i think they're really dabbling in psychedelic treatment of ptsd yeah which we've talked about on here a bunch of times i've i've been following that for for a long time the use of mdma and and uh and therapy to get through ptsd yeah so you know hats off to him and uh i just want to give him some props on here and just amazing the the how many people that you meet and how many people you know locally that you know just take the time to honor others and take their first fruits or talents and and do that for other people um the big stories i have that are just inspiring that i see almost every day and that keeps me going is uh, i tell you for myself it's sometimes going to the gym i'm like oh gosh i'm 50 years old it's like today i get to the gym I'm like everything hurts i don't want to go in oh those are the best days and I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's the thing I have in the back of my head is like, you know what? These are the days that I got to go in then. And, you know, I hear a story about a guy. Um, his name is Mario San. He lives in the UK, originally from Italy. They call him Super Mario. So this guy was a railroad engineer his whole life, right? Mm-hmm. But he he was doing the physical jobs right up until he was, uh, I believe, 64. And then uh, he retired and realizes like... uh in his mind, he kept saying, if you leave it idle, it begins to deteriorate. So he yep. took that to his body. Yep. And the guy retired, and he's 94 now. And he invests, he said, at least four hours in the gym a week. Nice. So sometimes it's two days at two hours at a crack. But hey, it's you know he gets his four hours in. And it's like we talked about before is what we do now physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally is set us up for a long-term high quality of life. You know, I don't want to be in my 60s and suffering because I haven't done anything. I don't want to be in my 60s and be absent-minded because I'm not exercising my brain. You know, I don't want to be in my 60s and be spiritually, morally bankrupt because, you know, I'm not doing any disciplines. So, um, you know, here's another guy that popped up was uh, Mike Palin's a guy lives in New York City. He's 80 years old, and he's been Olympic-style lifting since he was 12 years old. And he still does, like, um, so this guy will do, like, half-rack squats, right? And he'll do regular squats, but his half-rack squat, just to show you how much, at 80 years old, how much weight going on his body is uh, at 765 pounds. And, you know, this guy is not on any juice. I mean, he looks like a healthy, well, he probably looks like he's a healthy 65, 70-year-old. But he's 80. That's wild. And just, you know, it just tells you a lot about how just free weight lifting can really enhance your bone density for the longevity of your life. And, um, you know, I had the 83-year-old, uh, Mildred, you know, the Tough mutter lady. But it's just, I realize and learn, even in what my I'm studying for the uh, nutrition and health, is that how so much, how so important it is by exercise as you get older, doesn't mean that you sit on a, a bike or a treadmill. Yeah. If you want to burn calories, sure. Sit on a bike and a treadmill, but if you in, really in cardiovascular health. Yeah. But what you really need to do for your structure is a lot of people are resistant to, you know, free weight lifting or resistance training. 
And what you need to do as you get older is you need to maintain muscle. You need to build muscle. You need to maintain that, you know, bone density, that mass, because it's a healthier for your structure. I mean, you've seen it. There's just people, gosh, man, in their 50s that are literally, they can't stand straight up, let alone 45 degrees, right? Yep. And they're going through so much, so many health issues, so, um, so many prescriptions, you know. You know, guys my age, friends that that I know that are my age are like, you know, the, some of the conversations are about, yeah, I don't know if I should, you know, start uh, taking statins or I'm like, why don't you change your health? You know, um, I got another person say, I don't know what's wrong with me. This person even posts that every day. It's like, I heard all the time and whatnot. I'm like, well, first you're, you're pretty damn overweight. You might want to start with your diet. But it's like, well, no, the next day's like, well, doctors gave me something. I feel a little better. So, you know, that's the solutions are right in front of us. I mean, to me, it's like everybody knows where they should be. I think. I mean, yes, everybody knows the direction they should be heading. How about that? Yeah. How about that? Everybody knows the direction they should be heading. But it's almost like when I run into people, it's either you have two groups. You got one group that's either you're making excuses. Or the other group that is killing it, that's doing it. And I don't want to skip over this point because we talk about this shit all the time and we're we're always we're always on the you know the health bandwagon and it's and it's great. It really is good. And you said like you want we do this for a long, enjoyable, productive life, right? For longevity. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to skip over the point that this, like everything else in life, comes down to balance. If you spend your whole life trying just to be healthy and you're not actually enjoying your life, then what the fuck is the point? You might as well have just died young. You yeah. can't you can't not do things just because you're worried about it not being healthy. So do not forget the idea of balance. Do not forget the yin and the yang. Do not forget the 80-20 rule. If you are healthy and growth-minded and improving yourself 80% of the time and 20% of the time you let yourself relax, you let yourself enjoy, you let yourself splurge, you let yourself have something that you normally wouldn't, you go have ice cream with your kids, you have a drink with some buddies, you do whatever, whatever, whatever it is that, 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 that 20% means for you. You have to do that too. That right. needs, that needs to be involved in your growth because if you are, if you're sustaining from doing those things, sustaining, abstaining, you're yeah, abstaining, 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 yeah. Abstaining, yeah from doing those things, then you're not actually living a long, healthy, good life. You're just living a long life. Yeah. No, um, but that's why it's important to be, I mean, if you're, if you're maintaining yourself, you're getting squared away, let's say on the physical side, on the diet side. I mean, the treats become more like treats. You'd be like, hey, on a Saturday, let's go out for ice cream. Guess what? The ice cream tastes so much better. And you notice the difference between having ice cream because you're because you're celebrating with with your friends, with your family, because you're it's something that you and your kid like to do on Saturdays. You notice the difference between that and using food as a coping mechanism because you hate the fucking rest of your life. And that's the only thing that you get pleasure from dopamine, serotonin from in a day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, um. You, you you asked what my feel good story was and I was like I didn't have anything at the top of my head and I'm not good my my brain my brain needs a second to think when when it comes to that to some of my favorite one. some of my favorite stories are these barbers and hairdressers that you see that go out into these big cities and they will just they'll they'll cut up and they'll clean up these oh, homeless, homeless people dude, yeah I, like I love these that. people I mean they're not doing it for anything they're just doing it because that's their skill that's what they were put on this. That's what they were put on this world to do. They were put on this world to, 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 you know, 
cut some hair, make people look good, make people feel good, build that confidence, right? Because like, there's a big difference when you look at yourself and you're like, fuck, I don't feel good about myself versus like, look at this clean looking motherfucker, right? Yeah. And they're just doing that and they're, and they're sharing their gift with the world and they're doing it for free. And yeah. I love those stories, man. You see those people go out and you see the difference in those, you see the difference in those people before and then after. And they're like, oh, I mean, like little things. I don't, I don't even remember what it was. Some fucking, some YouTuber um, stopped and talked to a guy on the street and he was a homeless guy and he started talking to him and he bought him some food and he ends up bringing him in and cleaning him up and giving him a job. And this dude is, this dude is the most grateful person that he's, that he's, that he deals with every day. He just oh, loves yeah. it. He, he, he works in his shop, works on, cleans up the shop, works on cars, does, just does whatever. Right. He's just, oh. he's just working for him and it's great. He just loves that He got a chance. Yeah. These people, 90% of people that are on the streets are on the streets because they have mental illness. They are. They're not just lazy. Yeah. They have, they have some screws loose. But some of these people I know, I mean, just from working with some of the local ones, is that they need, they need to be shown and walk through repetitively how, to, how their life should be looking because they don't know any different. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, it's almost like what you were just talking about. There's this YouTuber that, you know, because some of these YouTubers have the resources from all these hits that they're getting. Fuck yeah. And this, they go up to this one dude. The dude doesn't have any of his top teeth left, right? He's yep. homeless. And he goes, he buys the guy some new clothes and all that, and then takes him to a amusement park, right? And he's basically tape, videotaping all these. This one, that this video makes me ball. Uh, like a fucking baby. One? Yes. Yeah. So then they go on all these rides and they have a great time. And then, uh, Gets him cleaned up, takes him to the dentist and gets him, uh, I believe they're probably dental implants, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. So, and then gets him uh, a job, right, at the shop. And this guy is just so appreciative. But this guy, this YouTuber invested so much time into that guy and got him off the streets and got him some new habits. I mean, it's just, just amazing. The day after they go to the amusement park and he's like, he just looks at him, he's like, it's the best day of my life. That, yeah. that hits me, man. That yeah. hits me like you just gave that guy the best day of his life. Not like I had a great day. You gave that guy the best day of his life. Like that is worth every dime. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that's just sitting on the street every day. Yeah. Didn't know any better. No, had, any had, had no idea. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys that are on the streets. I mean, they're just, they don't know what to do. And they're, they're not all drug addicts and alcoholics, you know. Um, there's some good people that are out there and you're going to find them. So the majority of people are good. You know, it's, it, it, it is like when you see people stopped for, you know, for ducks that are crossing the road, right. Or, or, uh, or, or, a, or a, a goose that who's on one side of the fence and can't get his babies across to the other side of the fence, right. Or her yeah. babies across the other side of the fence. And you see people that are worried about that, you know, and they're stopped and they're helping. Like people are fucking good. People really are good. Yeah. It's just the few the few shitheads stain it for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I mean, the ducks, I mean, I, I was almost a shithead yesterday. So I'm driving in my truck on the way back from the gym yesterday, and Mr. Squirrel decides to, like, stop in the middle of the road. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, what do I do? So I stop for this dude, and I can't see him. Yeah. So then I keep rolling slowly. I'm thinking, man. <laughs> If I'm hitting this kid, this squirrel is probably getting crushed slowly and painfully. And uh, I turned around, looked, and it did get out of the way. So and it's tough too, right? You can't you can't fucking go into oncoming traffic trying to miss a squirrel. You can't go in the ditch and fucking crash trying to oh, miss a yeah. squirrel. Like I get it, but it's just you know, people want to do good. They they want to do good, so, and a lot of people just don't know how. They don't have the resources. They're too wrapped up in their nine to five and worrying about what the kids are doing and their spouse is fucking yelling at them because dinner isn't ready. And they're just, dude, life is fucking difficult. Life is yeah. tough. I get it. Don't make it any harder for you than it needs to be though. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that <laughs> right now I've, I have an 18 year old daughter and I'm, and I'm talking to her about, because one of her friends, um, you, do you, have you seen this where you can buy everything online with payments? Everything. It's called Afterpay. Oh, there's yeah. all these different companies, man, you can, you can buy like a hundred dollar thing and they're like four easy payments of $25 or what? $30 or whatever. And I'm like, you know, those payments are like every week. It's fuck. It's fucked up. Like it just catches you. And, uh... and, and so I'm talking, I'm talking to her about that. Right. And this is a learning, this is a learning moment. So we're, we're talking about that because she doesn't, 
She doesn't have any payments. Um, and I'm trying to explain to her, right? Like you're home now. You're, you're, you're going into a workforce. You got a good career line that you're going into. Save up money. Because if you get yourself immediately under a $1,500 a month rent payment, plus a $500 a month car payment, plus you got to pay for gas, you got to pay for insurance, you got to pay for a cell phone. All of a sudden, you, are, you, you have to be at that job no matter what. You, there could be somebody there that you fucking hate. You could hate, your, you could hate going there every day, yeah. and you have to fucking be there. Save up money. Buy your truck that you want. Save up some money so that if you, want, if you needed to leave your, your, your job for three months and find a new one, you could. Do not get yourself under all of these payments. Because all that does is lock you in to doing something that you don't even know that you love doing. And the minute that you have to do it, it changes it. Yeah. That comes grind then. You know? And it's like, I, I just, we're living, we're living in this debt bubble that is just blowing up and blowing up and blowing up. And it's, I'm sure with inflation, it's only going to get worse, right? Yeah. I mean, all the credit card uh, interest rates have been climbing and climbing. And I feel so. so bad for people that carry a balance, you know, yeah. like what we're up to like 20, 20, 22%, 23% on credit card interest. I think it's higher than that. Is it higher than that? It's higher than that. I think it's 24, 27. No shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you all of a sudden you were carrying a balance where you were just paying off your, I mean, I have to assume that your, your minimum payment now is a massive amount, not even to just pay it off. Yeah. Yeah. That means if you have, that means if you have $10,000 on, on multiple credit cards, right? A total, total of $10,000, it's going to cost you $2,700. So it's going to cost you $200 a month, $210 a month just to make the interest payment, not to pay off your, not to pay any of that debt off. Yeah. Just to make the interest payment. God, and and more people are living on more debt because they don't want to work. That's for darn sure. <clears throat> but they still want, you know, right there. They want the fulfillment, but they also want the materialistic part of it. And you can't have both. Yeah. You you have to live on less if you're going to make less. I guess that's where I was going with the first con- with, the, with the first conversation that we opened this podcast up with. Like, y- if you're going to go towards fulfillment, you're going to work less and make less money. You have to live on less money. Yeah. Can't just live on debt. Just got to realize that material things aren't going to do it for you. Was there something else that you needed to cover from the Love, Sex, Respect podcast, or was that the only thing? Yeah, that was the only thing. I, I, had, uh, I, had, to, I had to bring up menopause because, and menopause because we didn't mention that when we were talking about the sex part of the podcast. We didn't talk about about the cycles of age. We didn't talk about the fluctuations in hormones. And we didn't necessarily, I personally, didn't necessarily build in enough giving, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. You know, like... Well, I mean- the, be- the benefit of the doubt, right? Like it may have nothing to do with you that they have zero interest in sex. It may have nothing to do with, with you, with y- the, the person you are, with their physical attractiveness towards you, with what are your, it, they always be aware that there are hormonal fluctuations. Um, people, get in places where they are unhealthy or they are stressed or they have had surgeries, they've had, you know, um, hysterectomies or whatever. And the parts of your body that make hormones, if they're not working right, or if you're in a menopausal place and your hormones are imbalanced, sex is the last thing you give a fuck about. Just don't care. Zero interest. Compare it to post-nut syndrome, right? Like, it's just, it's not there. So I needed to, I needed to go back over that because I did have someone reach out that was like, Hey, you did, you did miss this part, right? Like, 
just so you know. And I'm like, fuck, you're told 100% right. <laughs> like we all have, there's hormonal fluctuations in everybody. So just give people the benefit of the doubt. But what that means is that means that communication needs to be open. Right. And you need to talk about it. You can't, you can't go into that conversation accusatory of somebody not wanting to, not, you know, not wanting to sleep with you, you, you know, and it making you feel bad. Like have an open conversation. What, you know, what are your feelings about this? How do you, you know, what, what do you feel? Oh, you don't ever feel sexually, you know, interested. Well, maybe that, is that something do you think we should get, look into? Oh, you know, it's from this. Okay. I understand. Is there anything that I can help? You know, whatever, like whatever that conversation no. is, everybody, every conversation is going to be different, but keep that conversation open. Don't, don't attack somebody. You, do you not like fucking me anymore? Do you not like fucking? <laughs> Look at me. Look at my biceps. You don't want to lick them? No, but but seriously, you got though. some weird bedroom. But stuff seriously, going though. Well, yeah, that's the least <laughs> of my worries. Um, I just that was the one thing I needed to go back to because I did have a reach out that was like, "Hey, motherfucker, don't ignore this." Yeah. Was there anything prior to that? I think we. We didn't have any too many too many fuck ups in podcasts before that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't have any outstanding uh, requests on that. No. No, I mean squared away for president. That was a that was a two part series. <laughs> I think people are still wondering when we're going to announce our ticket, but I don't want to announce it too early. I mean, obviously Trump's in a race. So you want to kind of leave the stage for him right now? My God, what a fucking joke! Yeah, I think that's, I don't know. There's a lot. Of, and to me, it's like playing poker and you just, you know, oh, I got a pair and you're showing your hand I had a, too I, early. A friend of ours is like, no, you know what I think he's, he might be doing is he might be igniting the base and then right at the end, he'll bow out and give his, give his, uh, his support to another candidate. I'm like, do you know this motherfucker's ego? That is not happening. But not well, a whoever chance. said that, I understand that because I thought, this the past week too is like you know what the best thing he could do is he's in this early gets the base you know riled up and then at some point be like hey you know i really endorse this person you are completely ignoring the fact that he is an egotistical maniac i'm just saying you know the benefit of the doubt right there how come on the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. realistically mm-hmm. yep wow there's some hope for that human. There's some hope. There's always some hope. Speaking of hope for old human beings. Uh, You're getting old. Oh, no. Something else. Okay. I'm talking about somebody that was oh, 100, sorry. 100 sorry. years old. 100. That's only like a few years older than you. I know. I'm halfway there. <laughs> uh, so Betty White. Remember oh, good old Betty White? I love Betty White. One of, one of the few the few greats of the very little greats in Hollywood. Um, so the Betty White challenge, I don't know if you know when she passed. No. When she passed, I mean, her big thing was, um, uh, she loved animals. Okay. So the Betty White challenge was basically to raise money and they kind of She was hot. Sorry. I typed in young Betty White. (laughs) She was bangerang. Oh, sorry. Keep moving. Yep. Betty White challenge. I'm, I'm done interrupting. She she stayed in good shape, right? I'm I'm done interrupting. Did a video right before she turned a hundred, and she was you know, her mind was there. I mean, that's that's a quality of life that you know I totally admire, and it's it's totally inspiring. But her the Betty White challenge was basically to challenge people to hey give a hundred dollars to your animal shelter or you know um, uh, just any, any organization that's you know helping with a uh, home or homeless animals or animal health. And it raised, since then, has raised uh, over $13 million. And a lot of this didn't funnel through that, the Betty White Challenge. A lot of it was done nationwide. Donations were directly sent to shelters in Betty's name all over the country from donations of $12,000 and up. So talk about impact from one person and a quality of life that leaves a legacy that just is uh you know beyond herself i mean that's that's inspiring right there and i'm not sure if shelters have it i'm sure they do um i guarantee they do somewhere but 
a lot of like our zoo has an Amazon wish list. Oh yeah. So Some we, so we take our, yeah. so we take our kids on mm-hmm. and we're like, Hey, all right, you got, you know, we'll do this much this month. And you can send like the orangutans toys, or you can send the giraffes toys, or you can send treats, or you can send all this different shit. I'm sure shelters have that too. Yeah. So if you were to get on there and look for shelter, you know, shelter, animal shelter wish lists and just send some stuff for the animals. Yeah. Like what, what is that going to take you? You literally, you're going to order something off Amazon in the next 24 hours anyways, probably promise. Just say add one, add a dog toy or a cat. Fuck. I don't like cats, but whatever cat toy. I have this weird thing with cats. So I, I remember, and if anybody out here has one of these books, um, you'll probably get shunned for even admitting that you have it. But my dad had this coffee table book when I was little, little, little kid. And I barely remember. And I called him about it the other day. It was like a, it was a, it was a, a, a cartoon book, but it was like the hundred best ways to kill a cat. Oh, really? And it was, there was, these were hilarious ways. Right. And so it was all cartoons. But the one that I remember is the cat has like one of those like fire blowers, right? You know, those fire blowers where you push your foot on the fire blower and it blows air at the fire. Oh, the bellows. The yeah. bellows, right? Yep. And it had a bellow tube up its ass and then it was under a dartboard. And so you would step on the bellow tube and it would shoot the cat up and you'd throw darts at the cat. Are you serious? <laughs> it's all a cartoon. <laughs> it's funny. Ha ha. But oh. it was like the funniest fucking thing. And I called my dad. I'm like, you remember this book? He's like, yeah, I'm sure I still have it somewhere. <laughs> but so I don't know. I've always had an issue with cats from that day on. Probably, you know. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of cats. Uh, they don't uh, they don't interact. They're no, the best way, way the best way I've heard cats explained is is. If you're if you died in your house and nobody knew it, your dog would eventually die next to you. Like your dog would die laying next to you, snuggling yeah. you because it's going to eventually die from starvation and water. Right. Yeah. If you die in your house and you have cats, the fuckers will eat you to stay alive. Well, probably they will. Yeah. We evolved for tens of thousands of years with dogs. Like dogs, old dogs, um, uh, skulls that they found have this bone ridge over their eyes where now they have a muscle so that they can mimic facial expressions. They never had that muscle. And that muscle evolved. Dog? Yes. Really? That, that muscle evolved yeah. so that they can, they, it, would make them, it would make them bond with you closer because they were mimic, mimicking facial expressions or making more facial expressions. Um, cats don't have anything like that. Like cats, that's a recent thing. Like cats being in your house. And I don't mean recent, like in the next last 20 years, but in the last few hundred, whereas like we evolved with dogs around the campfire for fucking 10,000 years. Wow. Man. Yeah. I mean, if you want to watch a good movie. Yes. Always. When you were talking about, uh, dogs is Hachi. Have you ever seen that one? I fucking love Hachi. That was a good story. I, th- that one makes me fucking ball like a baby too. The one with I'm a the baby. Richard Gear in there. Yes, when that dog is just waiting for him. Oh. Yeah. So is the Channing Tatum uh, Malinois. Oh, the recent one. Yeah. It? What the hell is the name of that? I think it was just called Dog. It was called Dog. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, that's a great movie too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That was nice. Hachi though is a, that's a string puller. You just pulled that out because it's Asian. You're like, let me think of an Asian <laughs> movie. Let me think of an Asian movie. This oh, is totally an Asian movie. It's it's Japanese, so it's a it's a true story. You saying that's not Asia? I don't know. It is Asian. I know. I'm just fucking based with in you. Japan. I know. I'm fucking with you because we're talking about Japanese. It is a real today. story, though. Yeah, Hachiko Monogatari is the uh, name of the original dog, and the owner had kept riding the train to work, and then one day the owner had passed and uh, didn't come back on the train, obviously. So. Hachi would go meet the train every day when the owner would, you know, get back. And this one day never came. So Hachi just stayed there waiting for the owner until eventually Hachi died. And then they, uh, to this day, there's a statue that's been erected in Japan for, for yep. Hachi. Yep. So, but the, the story is based, oh, uh, the movie was based in America. Richard Gere, I think, uh, is the main actor to uh, the owner, but it's, it's a cute story. I wonder if his gerbils still hang around looking for him. I don't even know. <laughs> Every time I hear him, it's uh, 
hear his name. That's the only thing I associate with him. <laughs> Was that even a true story? I don't think so. <laughs> really? I'm sure not, but what a great story. Oh, I'm, now I'm curious is how many years did Hachiko wait? He continued to do this for about 10 years. 10 years? 10 years. Holy There's several shit. stories of how Hachi was beaten and bullied by pedestrians, even children, while he lingered around the station. Oh, people suck. Wow. If I if I see somebody beating a dog, I'm beating them. Imagine he's waiting for his owner and people beat on him, and he stayed. Talk about loyal, huh? Yeah, you don't you don't see that in humans. Yeah. All right, I think we're I think we covered we covered enough shit show today. <laughs> Speaking of loyal dogs, I can see yours right now just staring me down like, hey man, you done yet? Oh yeah, she's a good girl. Alright guys, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. I know I put it on Instagram so all you guys probably see this, but I'm I'm super grateful for the hour that you give us every week. I'm I'm thankful that you guys reach out and thankful for just knowing that anything that we can do on here, anything we talk about on here, it, it really does help. It really does, even if it's not a specific thing that we talk about that helps you. It's just that, you know, another hour of your week that you are getting positive, influential um, ideas, thought provoking ideas. And I'm fucking, I'm thankful for every, every one of you, every hour that you give us. 